Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 38 of the Business Handmade Podcast. I can't believe it's 38. 38. I'm Kevin. I'm Kim. Was and that your stomach rumbling? It was. I need a snack. <laughs> After <laughs> that podcast with Carly, I need a snack now. <laughs> Talking about food stickers. Food stickers. Yes. Um, so it's officially October, and while we were recording today, we were burning our Salem Apothecary candle by Willow Moon Candles. Yeah, I love it. It smells, it's a clean scent. Yeah, no, it's It smells great. like you did just walk into an apothecary of sorts. It brings the podcast a little of a different vibe when you light a candle. the mood. We're in a good mood. We are in a good mood. Not only that, but we also talked to Carly and um, she's just, she's passionate about her business. She's obviously, you know, most creative people are passionate mm-hmm. because they get to create and they're happy about it. But um, she was just really excited to kind of talk about the evolution of her business um, putting yourself out there when it's, it's so, it's so, it's crazy. Cause it, it's like unexpected sometimes to mm-hmm. think like, Oh, I'm going to have an Etsy shop. Like you might not be planning for that. I think most people just kind of meet a need and don't necessarily wake up and, and say, I'm going to plan for the next year to start an Etsy. Like, I think it just happens. Right. Yeah. But then also once you're there kind of learning the ropes, not being afraid to evolve and change things as you need to. And, and just, you know, kind of, Figuring out your demographic and narrowing down so that your brand is really kind of just like on point, you know, and matches with what you want the business to be. Yeah. And I don't think we mentioned her business name, uh, Rad oh, Stickers and Doodads. <laughs> um, but Carly, she actually emailed us because we were looking for our podcast guests and we were excited to talk to her because she said she's passionate about encouraging people who want to make art and sell their art. So that encouragement piece, yeah, you know, that's something that every small business owner should be getting from their friends, their family, um, their first couple of customers, like encouraging them that they made the right decision to make and sell art or make and sell a product that people like to use. But on the flip side, it's really hard to make one product. that, And even if you have a lot of support from people around you in real life, it's hard to put that product out there. And it can be discouraging if you don't get the clicks, if you don't get um, any sales right away, or if it's just, you know, hard trying to make your way and navigate through that algorithm, you know, Mm -hmm. there are other people who do what you do. I don't, I mean, it's very hard to find something that's a hundred percent original, unique, never been created in any way, shape or form or variation in the past. So how do you get yourself seen in the sea of other Etsy shops? And let me ask you, because you and I have been there, we've been the Etsy shop. Mm -hmm. Like, how did you feel when we were starting out our Etsy shop or did you ever, imagine that we would have an Etsy shop. Um, I always, you know, when I was in college and even growing up, always wanted to be a small business owner. I liked the idea you of... You wanted to be a farmer. Get, get out of here. I mean, that's <laughs> technically owning your own small business is, is you're doing yes. it yourself and you're um, doing the marketing and the product and all of that. But I always thought that way. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to do it in some mm-hmm. form or fashion. So when we did start our Etsy shop, I was like, ooh, it's finally the time that I can be that self-starting business owner, yeah. even if it's a small business owner on Etsy. You know, it's still valuable. Um, but to your other point, like, of course, there were people on Etsy doing the exact same thing that we were doing. Maybe they look slightly different or they are made, you know, a different way. But the wooden growth charts were not new. They weren't unique. They were something in a sea of other ones that you're competing for airtime and you're competing for sales. And it wasn't even like we started making them because we saw someone else's idea and said, we want to sell these. It was 
that we made it for our kids. And it was, you know, and so it doesn't matter that other people were out there selling it. I mean, it does, but it doesn't, you know, because we had the... It was always tangential. It was, it was always something that we just wanted to do for ourselves and for our children. And then locally, mm-hmm. on a, like on a hyper-local level, there was so much interest that we couldn't keep up with the orders. And that's when the Etsy shop started because it was like, oh my gosh, there isn't someone immediately in our area that is making these, or at least not right. that we're aware of. And I think at the time social media was not as prevalent as it is now where like Definitely we'd not. know in, in a heartbeat if somebody near us was making something like that, you know? So I think there's that going out on a limb and feeling intimidated and not knowing, I'm sorry, I totally hijacked your answer. <laughs> no, it's okay. This is, this is the perfect introduction to this podcast because the more that we're talking about our Etsy shop, the more it's so similar to what Carly was talking yeah. about because she made something first then she had so much interest from friends that she was like, let me start an Etsy shop because pe- pe- other people will probably be interested. Yeah. And it's exactly what we did. We made the product first. People were asking about it. People wanted us to make them one. And they were like, let's throw it on it on Etsy. We'll see what happens. Right. So that... We have parallel stories. ...is very, yeah. very uh, relative to that. And also just that element of evaluating. And as much as small business owners and creatives can be their own worst critics, especially if you are a bit of a perfectionist and, you know, you have a hard time, like kind of letting go of needing that to be needing something to be perfect. Um, You know, that, that can be, it can be hard to stay true to what you want the business to be. You might be over critical, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's important for you to really make sure that you're staying on brand with what you wanted it to be. And, changing things up and and, but but at the same time not clinging to oh I I you know whatever you're perceiving as the flaw because that's not necessarily a flaw to other people so well I'm looking at Carly's email right now and one of the lines is if you spend time worrying so much about every single tiny detail nothing will ever happen which is so true it's what we talk about on the podcast make the jump make the leap into you know, starting your business or doing your first in-person event or changing your brand if you feel like that's what you want to do. But don't let that one tiny like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do it this way or maybe this won't come out the way that I want it to. You have to at least get those wheels moving for something to eventually happen. So yeah, we talk about all of that. And we did talk a little bit about how um, starting a business now is not what it was Mm -hmm. 10, 20 years ago. You know, when our parents and grandparents were starting businesses. I don't know that it's easier now, but it's more accessible now. Mm -hmm. You do have to sit through paperwork and things like that. But it's not terribly expensive to start a business or to register your business as a creative person who, you know, is just doing some form of art or creation and then selling it. You just want to make sure that you're registered and paying your taxes. And, you know, we, of course, recommend everyone does that and (laughs) (laughs) does it by the books. But um, don't not not, pay your taxes. Don't not pay your taxes, ladies and gents. But um, I think it's, it's not as difficult. You know, it just seems like scary and big to think I'm going to start a business. That feels huge. That feels like a huge weight and it feels impossible and it feels like you can't do it but when it comes down to it you can like anyone can really do it you have to do it the right way you have to read a lot of paperwork and have patience but you can do it and so I don't think that that should be the deterrent I think the harder aspect of that is getting your once you have Mm -hmm. everything filed 
getting your name out there, getting seen and and keeping up with all the moving pieces of a business because it's not just your presence and your brand. It's the creating of product. It's managing fin- uh, finances and all of the above, like just making sure that every every piece is handled and oftentimes it's just one person running the business. Yeah, so please consider this podcast your encouragement. If you're listening to this and you want to start a, a business, go ahead and start that business. Um, just listen to the podcast first. You have our first. support. Woo! And if you have any questions <laughs> at all, if you need extra encouragement via phone call or email, let us know. Enjoy this episode with Carly of Rad Stickers and Doodads. Hi, Carly. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Hey. Hey, how are you guys? Good, good. Thanks for joining. Yeah, um, we're so excited to have you and to meet you. Yeah, and, for the first time. And all of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to be here. So, so, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Uh, introduce yourself and tell us about your business. Yeah, my name's Carly Rumpf. Um, I'm based in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, which is a Philly suburb. Um, and my business is called Rad Stickers and Doodads. Um, I make mainly punny, sometimes sassy, and a sprinkle of existential dread sometimes. <laughs> um, themed stickers, buttons, stationery, um, just really, you know, small um, gift items. And, you know, what I aim to do with my business is just, you know, bring a smile to someone's face when they when they see one of my designs and you know maybe think of your best friend and give give it to them so um yeah i've been doing this for a while actually i started in um 2012 and it was just kind of like a side hobby and it's still my side hustle but it's growing every day and yeah it's awesome. So I'm just, I'm, I just can't wait to see, you know, where this will be next year and the year after that. So yeah, absolutely. I was gonna say every time I see something on Instagram, or when I go to your website to check out your products, I always like walk away with a smirk. Like it's kind of like <laughs> that humor yeah. that you're just like laughing to yourself like, wow, that's really good. Oh, yeah. awesome. Okay. And I love that you said it's something that you think of your best friend because usually that's this that's the exact scenario. Like, you know, I'm looking at something and thinking of like an inside joke mm-hmm. or for me, my best friend has been my best friend since fifth grade. So every sarcastic, punny, everything sure. in the history of us growing up is like something that, you know, that kind of comes up when I when I look at things or, you know, think of like one of our inside jokes. Yeah, for sure. Like doing, you know, tabling events and markets and whatnot, you kind of hear the the conversations that people have about your work and, (laughs) and, you know, and one of the things is like, oh, you're, you know, your sister will love this. You have to get this for her or, you know, you know, that's, that's like the, the number one thing that I kind of, you know, take away from uh, listening to people talk about my stuff. Yeah, and it's it's kind of great. It's almost like being a fly on the wall and getting that perspective. You know, maybe people, I, of course, they're in front of your table, so I'm sure that they understand you're you're like there. But you get that glimpse into them and their life and their personalities based on what they're gravitating toward when they're looking at your booth. Yeah, awesome. So let's talk about like before you started, mm-hmm. because obviously you have to have a little bit of um, passion or drive, uh, drive motivation to be an artist, to be a designer, to Talent. create products. <laughs> um, tell us about like the inception of that idea and then talk about how that 
came to be a business idea? Yeah. So, yeah. So in um, 2011, I was a freshman at Rochester Institute of Technology, AKA RIT. Um, and, you know, I was studying graphic design and um, I kind of went into design school thinking that it was something else and and left you know with an understanding that it was something completely different i yeah i really like before college i i thought that um graphic design equaled advertisements like i'm design i and and that's kind of what i liked it's why i chose it but now like i'm not i know that it can be so much more than that and um, you know, I always enjoyed doodles and like cartoons and that's, um, a lot of what my work looks like, but basically the, the way that my business started is I was, I was in school and I was walking to class and I was walking through a parking lot and I saw a bumper sticker on someone's car that was, um, an upside down piece of pizza, but it was like a periodic table of elements Mm. (laughs) and I was I saw that and I was like oh my gosh I that is so good and I think I took a picture of it and probably I posted on Instagram because in like 2011 everybody just posted like the most random stuff on Instagram yeah sure I did that and then I was just like you know what I want to make a pizza sticker so I made the design called pizza slut and mm-hmm. um, I was literally like printing them myself on like circle uh, paper labels on my printer in my dorm room and cutting them out and, you know, giving them to my friends. And it was just extremely like, so I don't know, I'm not sure what the word is, but it was just so like low-key at first like primitive exactly yeah but but I just thought it was funny and my friends thought it was funny and I one day was like you know what what the heck I'm gonna put this on Etsy and I remember when I like got orders for the first time I was like wait what's happening right now like why are people (laughs) ordering (laughs) and um like I said that was just a side kind of thing that I did for fun when I was a sophomore in college and it made me start to think of more ideas you know food-based puns maybe not you know for instance my second design was bitch peas so like you know I was kind (laughs) of going for this like sassy vibe with all my illustrations um but yeah from there it just kind of you know, started going like everybody loves stickers. Everybody, I I have always loved them my entire life because I just think that it's a piece of art that is so like temporary, but also not. And I yeah. I'm a sticker hoarder. Like I have a big bin of just all ones that I don't want to put anywhere because they're too good. You know, so yeah, you just want to save them. We actually put them on our clipboards. So oh, nice. We, yeah, we've like got that whole 
sticker collage <laughs> thing going. My, my, but you know, I was just as you were talking, I was thinking like quick humor. You know, when you mm -hmm. have a punny sticker, it's it's something that's so quick and, and can turn someone's day around or just make them like Kevin was saying smirk something like that, where it doesn't take a whole lot to understand the joke. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully not, hopefully you get it, but it's it's just enough. Like it's a quick, like little thing, yeah. a little reminder of a funny time or a fun memory. And I was gonna say like the doodle aspect or the cartoon aspect of it makes it so easily accessible mm -hmm. for basically anyone to yeah. consume. Yeah. It's not like you're not using a lot of brain power and it's very eye catching. Um, so I feel like once somebody sees either the sticker or the stationery or whatever it is with that design on it, they get it instantly. Yeah. yeah. And there's like, you know, there's that whole, like the, the different colors, like col color scheme is appealing, thinking of like nostalgia, something that someone remembers from childhood or something. And I think that could really appeal to a lot of people. So yeah. that's so cool. What was the, what was like the bridging moment for you when you went from like, I should make this an Etsy shop? Like when did you, what happened that made you decide that? Was it just kind of on your own that you thought you'd take a stab at it or was someone encouraging you to do that? I, I think, you know, when I made that Etsy shop, it was just for that pizza slut design. And that was because I made it. And I think I also, you know, posted on my Instagram and all my friends were like, oh my gosh, can I have one? Can I have one? And I, and yeah. I kind of was just like, well, if, if this many people, you know, like it and think yeah. it's cool, like maybe I should just put it out into the world and see what happens. You know, I like yeah. really did not at all expect to have a business that now has like 50 plus <laughs> sticker designs, you know, <laughs> and, and, and then some, you know, um, and, and kind of piggybacking off of that. Um, I don't think I mentioned this yet, but another big leaping point for my business is when I decided to create um, a sticker subscription. Um, oh, I love Yeah, that. So, so it kind of kept me on my toes, too, because, you know, sure, like I could just make a design, put it on online, on my store, whatever, whenever I want, but with the subscription, it makes it almost like, I don't want to say forces me to create, but every single month, the people who subscribe get a brand new design that it's not been released yet. Like it's not available. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it helps me to keep being creative and thinking of new things and yeah. refining my style and stuff like that. And it's, and it's it holds you it holds you accountable mm -hmm. to the business to keep it relevant because I think it's so hard to stay motivated. You know, even though this is something that we're all passionate about and Kevin and I have been there as Etsy shop owners too. And you definitely hit that point where it's like a plateau where you're like, do people really like this? Like you just kind of get down on yourself a little bit where you're like, it doesn't matter how many orders you have because we had so many orders, but I'd still just be like, why are we doing this? Do people like this? This is a lot of work. Um, you know, or it can wait till tomorrow. We'll start that order tomorrow and it would always get done, but are you putting your best in right. it? And, you know, and, and are you still staying like tied to the business and fresh if you just kind of let it fall off? So I think having the subscription, you're saying forced. And I think that's it, like in a positive right. way though, that it's, it's that motivation to keep you accountable to keep things relevant and to keep you thinking, right? Like what, mm -hmm. what's Pushing trendy right now? What, 
would people want to see in that subscription yeah, box? Exactly. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. So, you know, you're talking about creating the Etsy shop and how it was just kind of like a need, right? Like your friends were interested, they wanted the stickers and it was something that you did. And I think a lot of people struggle with, this isn't good enough for an Etsy mm -hmm. shop for their own product, you know, because we're all our own worst critics. What would you say to someone who is talented, mm -hmm. but maybe just kind of needs to get over that hump? And yeah. I mean, that's, that's like my, like <laughs> biggest hill that I die on telling all of my friends, I see how talented they are, um, you know, doing anything creative. And I always say like, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be your masterpiece because I'm telling you right now, if you guys go to my website and look at my stuff, when I first started, it looked completely <laughs> different. It was garbage and compared, you know, to what it looked yeah. like now. But I think that the biggest first step is just starting because if you never start, then it's so easy just to be like, oh, well, I'm not good enough. I'll just do it tomorrow. This isn't right. You know, like you're always evolving and especially with like a creative side hustle or side business or any sort of, you know, creative passion project you're always evolving and changing and learning along the way. And I don't know if I would have ever been able to do that. And as, as much as I have, you know, um, if one day I didn't just go, you know what, I'm just going to make an Etsy store. I'm not thinking too hard about it. I'm not, you know, um, perfecting every single detail. I'm just going to put it up and then see what happens. And, grow and learn um, from there. It's so funny. I'm thinking of those posters on the wall in middle school that were like, you miss 100% <laughs> of the shots you don't take. <laughs> I don't know about you, but my middle school had them everywhere. It was like all the, like the eagle flying and all those posters. But it's, it's really so true. I think we become our own worst enemy when it comes to putting our businesses out there or like thinking that we can own a business. It seems so intimidating, but I think the way things are set up even through Etsy or like if you were to do Amazon handmade or any of those platforms, it's easier than we may be working it up to be in our heads. Mm -hmm. um, yes. There's a lot of paperwork involved with like actually registering yourself as a business and making sure that you pay taxes yeah. and all of that stuff. But once you get over that, the actual like, Hey, I own an Etsy shop. Like it's kind of exciting and it, it becomes like a real thing. And it's, not as hard as I think even we convinced ourselves. That yeah, it's way be. easier to start a business now as than it was like 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, all the tools are at right. your fingertips and you can do a lot of stuff online that it kind of just, you just need the motivation to start it. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that I sent you before the podcast, because I thought it was so applicable and we kind of like talked about it, yeah. is the quote, don't let perfect be the enemy of good, which to me, that means like, you are working on something and at that stage, it will be good enough. Mm -hmm. If you wait until it's absolutely perfect, you'll yeah. never do it. Yeah. I mean, how many brands get it right, right out the gate? And, nice. and that is still their aesthetic to mm -hmm. this day. I mean, I think of like even big stores like Old Navy. If you think of like how Old Navy started when they were first, you know, at their first inception, like making flag tees and like performance fleece. <laughs> to like just evolving to having like maternity and having like all these things. And I, I use that as an example because I worked there. So like, I, 
like back in the day. So I feel like I've watched like I've watched that progression. But I think that that happens for especially for business, small businesses mm-hmm. like our we've rebranded. We've come up with a whole new logo and the way that we do things. And as long as you're open to feedback and, and change, that's not a bad thing. It's not bad to start somewhere and then in two years, five years, 10 years, be something other than what you definitely. started as. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I agree with you. And I kind of like the quote, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. It also kind of, you know, goes hand in hand with being a small business maker or like a small artist or artisan or something, because that's, you know, I'm not going to target to buy this. I'm going to a human being who has a heart and a soul that they put into this thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to be perfect. Like, I don't you know what I mean. I right. want it to be from this person that put a lot of care into it. Um, and that's more meaningful to me than a perfect thing. Even. Right. Yeah. There's, there's personality in the quote unquote flaws. Like, you know, to someone who is your consumer, they probably don't see it as a flaw, but of course you being the maker, someone who's judging yourself, it may be perceived to you as a flaw, but that that's where the personality is. And that's why your customer's coming to you right. instead of going to the dollar exactly. store, instead of going to target instead of going to, I don't know where where do people buy Just stickers? Buying buy on Amazon anywhere, really. Back in my day, we bought <laughs> stickers from Zany Brady. Yeah, I mean, also like you know, maybe a listener can relate to this or not. But um, a number of years ago, I want to say it was in like it was after Christmas time or holiday time in 2018. I was, I think, at like a market or something, selling my things and. Um, I looked at all of my stuff laid out on my table and I was like, I don't like how this looks. It doesn't look like it fits together. The styles of the illustrations are all different. Like I I just kind of was like, I'm not happy with where I am right now. So after Chris, like after the holidays, I took every single product off my Etsy because I redesigned every single one. And Wow. I, it took, like, I'm still doing it. You know, it's taken two years. Um, I've rebranded since then. Like I've given myself new rules. I've set a strict, you know, color scheme and more strict like branding, even just for my designs. But, um, you know, that I think, I don't know if also, I don't know if I would have been able to get to that realization if I didn't put out, stuff you know and 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 work and yeah exactly um and and i kind of like that too because yeah you know we're our worst critic but i'm still not ever going to be satisfied i'm always going to try to be better and try to learn and and um try to improve you know my business and my and my products even to, to this day it's so interesting that you say that because i think creatives in general feel like, well, if I have a very wide or broad range, I'll appeal to so many different people. So there's bound to be someone who wants to buy one of my products because I make something for everyone, all demographics, all ages. And as much as that's probably cool for like your personal outlet, I I feel like that actually is a disservice because you want to keep it kind of concise, like you're saying, and having those rules and parameters around colors. And maybe that's what, maybe that 
at some point feels limiting to you. And then that's when you can reevaluate your inventory, you know, pivot, rebrand, whatever it is, or, you know, maybe just evaluate the direction you're going in with your business. But I think just to, to start off, you probably don't want to have 300 right. products in your Etsy shop, you know, because I, I just don't think that, first of all, it's going to be really hard for you SEO wise, trying to get someone that's going <laughs> to find you, right? It's hard enough to oh, be yeah. seen on Etsy, but if you're designing like socks and then also toothbrush holders and also, you know, like just so all over the place, it's going to be really hard to kind of own that market versus really honing in on yeah. what you want to make or, you know, who your target demographic is and catering to them and making like maybe just a smaller subset of that, or like you said, sticking to colors or a certain theme, like if it's food related or something, then you kind of, you capitalize on that audience. And then once you have them, then you can get, also get feedback from them and slowly start to branch out but within something that's still relevant to that demographic or maybe slightly outside of that to bring in new customers, but not something that's totally out in left field. Yeah, I feel like leaning into a specific demographic or mm -hmm. targeting, you know, your style specifically is more successful than doing something right. for everyone or something so broad that it doesn't have its own identity. So yeah, I exactly. think that's what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you definitely with this rebrand, after seeing the new um, style and products on your shop, you definitely can see that concise, like, oh, this right. is from this one shop. You can tell that it's all yeah. one collection. Have any of your friends created an Etsy shop or started designing something, um, you know, basically after you created your Etsy shop? Like, you I mean, I don't want to claim that because that, <laughs> that seems like that's kind of like, yes, I kids. inspire everyone. But I definitely think I've inspired people. Um, yeah, of course. How could you not? You know, if you have a product that people find funny or cool, I mean, just like you seeing right. that bumper sticker, right? You thought that was funny or cool and that, had an impact on you making that decision to design for yourself. So I'm sure it definitely happens where you're mm -hmm. motivating someone else or inspiring someone else. What kinds of things would you tell someone who's starting out, whether it's, you know, for an in-person market or just in general to get their business off the ground? What would be like some of the key points that you've taken away? Yeah, from what I you've think, so far? I mean, this is just basics. I think you need to have some sort of brand established, like uh, in any sort of way, even if, if you're starting, you need to be, what is my shop called? You know, how can a person contact me if they want, you know, more, if they don't even have a website or an online shop established yet, whatever. Um, and then, you know, starting is, is, is hard always at first, you know, vending at a first market or something like just bring what you bring, what you got. And I think expect, keep your expectations low. <laughs> it sounds bad, but yeah, my mom always used to tell me, um, Oh, I always get the quote wrong, but it, this essentially it's like, if you have, um, if you never have high expectations, you'll never be let down. You know, it, it, it sounds yeah. very negative, but I think that in a way it's, it's, you know, 
the first market that I ever did was horrible because I didn't know what I was doing. My setup was like random stuff that I pulled from my apartment in college. It was a legitimate uh-huh. like flea market where people are selling, you know, like vintage like boxes and bottles and things. And so I'm here trying to sell uh-huh. like small art and you know, greeting cards and stickers. And I didn't make a single sale, but I at least did it and went there and understood, okay, so so maybe the advice I should say is take note and learn from that. So the first thing I ever did, like I said, was not my audience. It was not the type of place for me. I need to look for more like craft shows or I started doing a lot of punk rock flea markets, which went really, really well and was yeah. more my speed. So, you know, you're always learning along the way. And yeah, I was kind of like bummed that it was basically a wasted day and I didn't make one sale and I got sunburnt and whatever. But like, but like <laughs> now I know, you know, and I, and I did my first thing yeah. and, you know, ripped that bandaid off. So on to the next one. Keep trying. Yeah. Looking back, I mean, you see the value now as you learned what to do and what not to do. And it was a stepping stone in the right direction. Um, But it's hard, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. to see the value in the moment because you're like, oh, I just did all of this work and I'm not seeing what Mm -hmm. I expected to see. So, you know, keeping your expectations low, (laughs) even though it sounds like depressing, um, it will only surprise you when you exceed those lower expectations. And just always look for look for the lesson. I know that that probably sounds really cliche, too, but especially in this business, I think you can always be learning from your crafter neighbors that are next to you. You can always learn from, you know, hopefully it's all like positive lessons and not something like don't park in that lot because you'll get a ticket or, Mm. you know, like something to add insult to injury when you've had a crappy day. But yeah, I think there's definitely something to take away. And I'm I'm actually looking at a picture of your booth right now. I think having a rug (laughs) in your booth makes a huge difference. That's what we used to do. How is that something that you found too? Like as you've been kind of evolving your style, when did you decide like, yep, I think, do this. yeah, I think it. I saw that rug and it's basically like a rainbow mess. And that's pretty much another like advocate <laughs> for my shop. So I was like, yeah, okay, this works. And I also, oh my gosh, like, okay, side note, you kind of earlier mentioned like learning from your neighbors. The, learn so much from your neighbors when you're sitting next to them for six hours a day, you know, but one of the things that I've learned that it's all about the air quote, like curb appeal, how to get somebody into your space is like the hugest first challenge. You know what I mean? So when, for sure. And to take that a step further too, your social media pages also need to be like, imagine Mm -hmm. that's the digital curb appeal. So how do you, how do you build an audience? And that was another question I was going to ask you totally by surprise because we didn't send you that question, but you know, you have over a thousand followers on your Instagram page and that doesn't necessarily happen overnight for some people. Mm -hmm. It does if they just hit the right algorithm or they really have a, you know, like a marketing background where they know how to do that. But for someone who is just starting out, 
and maybe doesn't know how to get that started, what would you even recommend to them to be able to start building so that? So here's a tip that I did. I was very close to a thousand at one point, and I actually think I was like a hundred or so away. So it was still a good amount away. And I was vending um, at the food truck festival in the town that I live in, which is like a huge deal and super fun. I had a box of all of old sticker designs. Like I said, I rebranded, like I had still a bunch of old stuff. I had this huge box of all this stuff that I like didn't want to sell slash couldn't sell. So I was like free if you follow me on Instagram. So, <laughs> so, That's so I, that day idea. I got over, I got over the hump. So I just kind of, um, yeah. I don't know, just, I guess be creative with it. Like, yeah. And, and I, I think I've also learned that don't, Forget about Pinterest. Pinterest is really intense and like yeah. good um, social media mm. um, as well as Instagram. So, I, yeah. Yeah, I think it's hard to wrap your head around Definitely. managing multiple platforms. But once you think, but, but maybe the caveat to that is that you don't That's have to be right. good at every platform. Maybe... You have to figure out which one is most relevant to your demographic. And that's where you focus all of your energy or most of, you know, like 80% of your energy. And maybe it's Pinterest because that has that like shopping component to it where people could click and land on your site. Maybe it's something like, like to know it, or maybe it's TikTok or maybe, you know, it could, I could go on and on. It, you know, you just have to kind of figure out what which of those platforms works best for you and spend the time, like invest the time in learning that platform. And then if it's not that platform, okay, so yes, you wasted some time, but then maybe yeah. you move on well, to the next one and you just figure out. <laughs> and I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it does take patience. And I think even a Google search to figure out the data around like who mm -hmm. is using which sites, you know, and of course that changes all the time, but to kind of keep up with that, making sure you have Google Analytics on your shop because then you know where people are coming from. And you might be surprised, you know, it could be something where you were featured in a news article somewhere or like a blog mm -hmm. somewhere or on a podcast and someone found you that way. And then it's like, wow, okay, cool. I didn't expect people would be coming from that. That's where they're coming from. And that, how do I get back to that? How do I kind of target that audience? That's exactly what I was going to mention too, because on your website, you have a section of like, articles or lists where you were featured as like top 10 sticker companies to buy from or like subscription boxes that you yeah. should look into and i think finding places to insert yourself or try and try and get onto these things mm -hmm. will always be um yeah, you know definitely. beneficial to you and i think those are all really kind of like hot keywords anyway, like yeah. top, you know, yeah. people love clicking. It's clickbait for numbered lists. People love clicking on numbered lists, especially when you say it's the top 10 of anything. <laughs> I mean, I clicked on it. <laughs> or, you know, just talking about subscription boxes mm -hmm. because people are really into those now. So, you know, things that people are into and making that fit the framework or making your business fit within that framework, I think mm -hmm. is, is helpful. So thinking back to when you were in college and people were buying your first sticker, um, how, how did they encourage you or how did they motivate you? I know that they wanted to buy, but were there any um, places where you, that, that stuck out that you remember like, oh, wow, this is something I want I to I think when putting out 
different designs. Like I said, I did bitch peas and then I did don't want to taco about it. So like when I started putting those out and people were still like laughing and loving it, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe something's happening, you know? Uh, yeah, because, yeah. because it, it, I mean, it still is, it's just fun. And it, and it started out as, as just having fun, you know, creating something funny that I, I thought was funny. Um, that's a good point because you had like uh you tested the water with one thing then two things then three things so you saw that repeat like oh people are still excited oh they like my new design you know you are seeing a clear like exactly. step one step two step three there so i think that's really cool just kind of reassuring to yeah. like okay mm -hmm. i made the right choice to do this what do you think has been the hardest part of starting your hmm. business well, you, we, you kind of mentioned all of these things. Like I, I mean, starting the business is business and stuff. Like we were kind of saying before, um, yeah. I'm actually self-employed. Um, I'm just a, like a freelance graphic designer in my, you know, nine to five, I guess we can call it, even though we know that's not true, but um, <laughs> So, so yeah. even there, I'm doing the same kind of stuff where, okay, like finances, expenses, um, you know, marketing yourself, getting new clients slash getting new customers. Like it's, it's all the same. And with, I think with my shop as well as with my freelance business, um, I get so caught up in doing the work. So, you know, the work for my shop is fulfilling the orders, coming up with new designs, um, you know, posting on Instagram, like hopefully once a week or whatever, that that other stuff always falls behind, um, at least for me. And it's just me. There's yeah. really nobody else that helps me with this. Um, it's so hard. That's the hard part, too, and especially because... At the end of the day, you're a person and, you know, you're working and need to be able to take care of yourself, too, and just kind of have a break. And, you know, you might want to sit down and relax, but then there are so many other things that need to be done for the business. It doesn't it, – it's yeah. unfortunately, it doesn't just run itself, you know. There's a lot of back-end stuff that I think people – people don't think about. But that being said, you know, when it's something that you love, mm -hmm. it's – it, it gets done. Definitely. It gets done. You know, you figure. Yeah, and I, I also think there's something to say that's, that's to be said about like cr more creative minded people versus analytical minded people, because yeah. I like so wish that I could just have like, um, like a clone of me who is very like, you know, logical and like organized <laughs> and, and able to wrap their brains around freaking accounting because you know, that I can't do that <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, so, yeah. That's the big takeaway. <laughs> Find a way to clone yourself, but the pieces of the business that you'd like somebody Definitely. to be stronger in. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So, uh, as we end the podcast, let everybody know how they yeah, can find so you. My um, um, online. online store is raddoodads.com and that's D-O-O-D-A-D-S, Rad Do Dads. Um, and 
you yeah. you can follow me on Instagram at raddoodads. Um, I also have an Etsy store, which is by the same name, raddoodads.etsy.com. Um, and I have a Facebook, same exact name as that, all of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> all of those yes. teams yeah as yeah. long as you spell totally. dads correctly you'll find it thanks so much <laughs> thank you so much for talking to us this was great we're thank so you for happy having you joined me. us carly thank you bye. you're welcome bye thank you so much for listening to the business handmade podcast please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review you can find us on facebook and instagram at marketspace vendor events or on our website marketspacevendorevents.com